with you on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. No show tonight as I got a few important things I need to take care of, but I had something I wanted to get off my chest with you guys, and I'll share it now. Look, I think this is without question the best fan base in all the sports, right? We're passionate, we care, and we're very intelligent, but I can't help but think that we're overthinking this one. The notion that it's in the best interest of the team to lose games the rest of the way is really disappointing to me, especially coming out of the people in this city. And let me explain to you why. So I'll start with the most obvious and easiest reason, and that's that none of these players, coaches, GM, owner, none of them think this way, right? They have jobs to do and livelihoods to keep up. So no one is tanking football games. Let's make that very clear from the jump. And yes, I think we can all agree that this team, coaches, players, general manager included, have underperformed for the large majority of this season, right? No disagreements there, but we absolutely should be rooting for this team to turn it around and make a strong push to get into the playoffs. Uh, a big fear that I've noticed is that this team is descending into a franchise similar to that of the Cleveland Browns or uh, the Detroit Lions for a more recent relevant example. But do you really know why those teams are the way they are every year? It's because uh, of that losing culture that's cultivated by not giving guys a chance firing coaches and general managers every two years and starting over with massive rebuilds, essentially quitting on their projects and constantly being stuck in a cycle of misery. The best way to avoid this, guys, is by doing everything in your power to win and establish that winning culture, especially in a locker room full of young players and coaches trying to establish themselves in this league. So let's for a moment consider what it might take for this team to make a legitimate push for the postseason. They'll likely need to win at least, we'll say, nine games, right? So eight and nine on the season. If they set it three and five right now, in order for them to get to nine and eight, they'd have to go six and three over the course of the last nine games, right? And I, I know it's a very easy schedule, but I think we all know that if this team plays the way they did through the first seven weeks of the season leading up to the Lions game, they will absolutely not go six and three. Uh, I don't care who you're playing. Now, that being said, six and three in that stretch would have to mean that we saw vast improvements out of the coaching staff and likely also some key young players. That's something that you can take in the next season and build off of and feel good about. Um, I'll even compare it to how we felt about the 2016 season at the end of uh, that, that year when we went seven and nine. And yeah, I mean, no one knew that we'd win the Super Bowl next season, but I think we all at least felt good about what we were building toward. So... This, my fellow Birds fans, is much, much more valuable than moving up a few spots in the first round of a draft that, oh, by the way, we already may own three picks in. I mean, come on. And finally, and most importantly, for those who think losing will somehow give Jeff Lurie a moment of clarity and clean house and fire Roseman, I got some bad news for you. And, and look, I'm as frustrated uh, with some how he's, how he's moves as anybody, but he isn't going anywhere anytime soon, especially... Uh, with the assets that he's acquired for next offseason, he will at the very least be allowed to see that through. So let's get this ridiculous, weak, loser's mentality out of our brains, please. The idea that this team is better off losing is soft, it's wrong, and frankly, flat-out disgusting. So guys, let's get behind this team and hope for the best, win some football games, and enjoy ourselves in the process. Because in the... Go!
Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Friday, October, oh no, November the 5th, 2021. Oh, no, you didn't, Kyle Quinn. Oh, no, you didn't. You Did you really just do that? Yes, he did, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Manny B. I forgot who I was for a second, and I am actually, I'm kind of like uh, uh, all a shudder right now because I just literally played you a clip that Kyle Quinn, the host and co-creator of the Birds IQ podcast, released via his platform on Edge of Philly Sports. And I'm still just kind of trying to literally process what I just heard. It's the second time I heard that clip, and and I'm I'm just now kind of coming to grips. And And I thought, you know, what's the best way to come to grips with something like that? Well, I'll do it with you. I'll do it on a podcast. I'll get all these raw emotions out here on my podcast so me and you can kind of dissect with Mr. Kyle Quinn, who, of course, is the official <laughs> talking really sports with Matty B, Eagles pregame show host, and a very good friend of this podcast. But Kyle, no, you didn't. No, you did not just go on your uh, as I said, I am still trying to kind of get words here because there's a lot wrong with what Kyle said, and I, I, I am going to attempt to to jump into that in the most calm way I possibly can see fit. So Kyle mentions the tanking mentality that the Eagles should be tanking or that the Eagles should be uh, giving up on this season. Listen, I don't know if the words tanking or giving up on this season ever came out of my mouth. I never said that they were tanking. I never believed that they were tanking, and I don't think that's the popular narrative around here. I think the popular narrative around here is that they're being mismanaged, and that is not a tank job. That is not a, um, what did he say, a loser mentality and absolutely disgusting. Man, Kyle, man, you really didn't pull any punches, brother. So, listen, mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around this. I, I am. I am. I am. I am. All right. So, first and foremost, Kyle Quinn. And we had this discussion last week on this podcast. When I kind of used history as my narrative, when I used Eagle history as my narrative, when I used my personal Eagles history as my narrative. Yes, Kyle Quinn, it is possible that this football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, it's very possible that this football team can stink because it's happened before. And I know it happened before your lifetime. And I know it's happened before a lot of people's lifetime. And Kyle's an intelligent guy. And and he he doesn't he's not immune to that 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 fact. He's not. But he's going to 
rest his laurels on it's a different game now. Uh, it's a different time now. Jeffrey Lurie is a different type of owner. I, and these are all very, very correct facts for him to kind of rest his laurels on. But the bottom line is Eagles can stink just as poorly as the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns as he cited in his little PSA there. I guess that was a PSA. Yeah, yeah it was PSA. It is a PSA, and they can stink. Kyle does not have the – Kyle is now just experiencing what that trauma is like. Listen, this team stinks. And making a push for the playoffs in 2021 under this current regime, and when I say regime, I mean the whole gamut of them. Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and that pitiful roster – it's just ridiculous to me. What in the heck is getting to the playoffs going to show you about this football team? It's not about getting to the playoffs, Kyle. It is about winning championships. And during the Eagle Ice Age of the mid-80s, up until about, as I said, the second year, Buddy Ryan, when we began to kind of awaken from our frigid slumber, It was the same narrative. Well, we just got to get to the playoffs and anything will happen. We just got – no. No, when you, when back then when you were dealing with the likes of the Redskins, the Cowboys, the 49ers in the NFC, it didn't matter if you got to the playoffs. And then to a lesser extent, maybe the Giants. Well, not lesser, but they were kind of in there too. Those were elite teams. Those were teams built from the bottom up to win championships, to compete for championships, not squeak into the playoffs. So to sit here and call it a loser mentality and disgusting that we are wishing for this team to lose and calling us a soft fan base, Kyle, my man. I take umbrage to that. Because, Kyle, you don't know what it's like. You don't know. You're, you're just now experiencing what the frustration is like when this team is pulling out this product every year. For whatever the narrative is, I know there's an agenda. I know there's a, there's a, there's a pot of gold at the end of Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie's rainbow. I know what that is. I know there's one. I don't know what it is. I don't know where the heads of the ownership group are on what they are doing with this football team. But right now they are driving it into the ground. And you're right. I want, you're absolutely 100% correct. We need to lose. And I, again, I preface that by saying, I don't think we, we should not purposely want to lose, but we need capital. We need draft capital. We need to shed salary. We need to start over. So Kyle Quinn, wow, must have been a bee in his bonnet somewhere. Holy good night, nurse. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I typically come here on Thursdays and do this. I couldn't yesterday due to some uh, life events, whatever, and what have you. But I am here today, and this is the time of the week, or Thursday was the time of the week that I usually catch you guys up with the haps of the week in Philly sports as well as dissect and get your wet your appetite so to speak for week nine 
of the National Football League that is now upon us. And I stumbled upon this little message from Kyle this morning, and I, I really, really thought I should lead in, the, lead in the show with it. Kyle Quinn could not be more wrong. And, um, and I am going to have an opportunity to discuss this with Kyle in nauseum here come on uh, Saturday when he comes on and, and, and provides me what he's provided me throughout this entire process is his very valuable time. And we'll discuss, <laughs> we're going to discuss that boy. Because I thought I think Kyle is is is, is completely. I, I'm still trying to like calm down here. I think Kyle is completely off off center, but he's he's not off center because he does. He's not off center because he's not informed. He's off center because he's unaware. And there's two different things. He's very informed. He's a very informed guy. knows knows what he's talking about, but he just does not understand what it really is like what it has been and what it most certainly can be and as i have maintained it is we are trending in that direction we are entering an eagle ice age the second one of my lifetime and i honestly don't have the time to do another one i don't and anyway i'll get more into that with kyle on saturday because he has opened Pandora's box, and God knows I don't want to put Pandora back in right now. So, whew, deep breath. All right, deep breath. So, as I said, week nine. Week nine of the National Football League is upon us, but we also have some Haps and Philly sports to talk about. I kind of discussed the Eagles a little bit. Uh, again, I, as, you, as you already know, I don't like to kind of give you my Eagles spiel here on this program, on this day of the week. I, I like to give the spiel on – Saturdays when I talk to Kyle, so I'm going to hold on to that that formula again this week and not really get too much into what the Eagles, what's going on with the Eagles. Obviously, we know we're coming off that very uh, dominant, as I said, dominant win against the Detroit Lions on Sunday, but we have turned the page, and now it's all about the Los Angeles Chargers, who will descend upon Lincoln Financial Field 4 o'clock on Sunday. And the big question in town this week has been, can the Eagles maintain this momentum that they have acquired and not necessarily the momentum of beating the Lions, but the momentum they have acquired in sticking to a game plan or sticking to a game plan that was, well, it wasn't really balanced. It was more rush heavy, but sticking to the rush. So I believe the Chargers enter this game with the second worst rush defense in the National Football League. So analytics should be pointing to Nick Sirianni all the way to run the ball, whether or not he does that and whether or not the Eagle defense provides him the opportunity to do that all remains to be seen. And we will definitely get into that with Kyle on Saturday and we'll talk more, more about the chargers and more about this game on Sunday, but it's time now to talk and focus our attention on the other two teams that I am okay to talk about. And that of course is our baseball team and our hockey team. And I'm going to start with our baseball team. It has been a somewhat, awakening week not really much going on as far as the phillies go in the world of major league baseball we do have ourselves a new world champion the atlanta braves defeated the houston astros in six games in the world series to capture their first world title since 1995 bringing another world series title back to the nl east so now that is two since 2019 (laughs) congratulations nl east half the teams have won one since 2019 the other half haven't so we are officially now into the baseball offseason, which, of course, will, it, it means a lot to the Philadelphia Phillies this year. It means a ton 
to our baseball team. And this week, the Eagles, the Phillies have begun to execute their offseason plan. They have not tendered arbitration or contracts to or arbitrations to Andrew McCutcheon and Adugo Herrera, both. And we'll talk both players here very briefly. Uh, let's start with Herrera. I never liked him. Never liked him one bit since he's been here. I don't think he understands fundamental baseball. He is the sad part about the Herrera situation, especially last season, coming off of all the stuff that he was dealing with off the field, was that he was the best option we had in center field last year. That is more alarming than than Odugo Herrera, the person. What's more, the most alarming thing was that he was our best option. Out of the entire organization, he was our best center field option, everyday center field option. That's, that's disgraceful, right? Well, hopefully with the non-tendering, that is, those days are over with and he is gone forever. Now, on the other side of that, Andrew McCutcheon, who was a fan favorite when he, when he came here, and I was definitely on board with the signing back in 2019. Unfortunately, though, for Andrew, his time here in Philadelphia has been mired with injury. Halfway or quarter of the way through his first season, he tore his ACL on that Gene Segura play. You know, and I remember, we all remember that play. And since then, he has not been the same player. The pre-ACL Andrew McCutcheon was definitely everything we bargained for. The post-ACL Andrew McCutcheon, not so much. So hopefully there's a there's a pathway to bring Andrew back in more of a support role with, of course, the universal DH potentially being a part of the National League game next year. I would like to see McCutcheon part of the team. He's definitely a character guy and a team guy. Who makes the Phillies better, but not in an everyday role. His everyday role days are over, in my opinion. But I definitely still would like to see Andrew McCutcheon part of this team. Now onto the ice. The Flyers continue to muddle through their beginning part of their season. They are now they we have gotten to the point of about two weeks in, uh, and they sit at a five-two and two clip. Not too shabby. Not really too shabby at all, based on what we've all the change that's happened with them. All the stuff that we've talked about, all the uncertainty and all the injury issues that have crept into the Flyers early this season. They are now 5-2-2, two, and two, coming off of a very successful Western Canadian trip where they went 2-1. and one. Uh, They came out flat in that game against Calgary. But other than that, they definitely played a, 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 a decent trip. But, of course, and as we've mentioned already throughout this show, there's things to talk about the, the Flyers on a negative standpoint. And there are some players kind of rising to the top of that. And I'm going to talk about a couple of them right now. Well, more than a couple of them. Let's talk about NAK. Uh, let's talk about Oscar Limbaum. Let's talk about Travis Sein, San, Travis Sanheim. Good Lord. And let's talk about our, my boy JVR. All these individuals, and maybe to a lesser degree, Ristolainen, right? And the reason why I'm centering on those four, not Risto, is because those four are the remnants, or more remnants, I should say, of the Ron of the failed Ron Hextall GM exper- experiment here in Philadelphia. Travis Sanheim, as I said multiple times on this program last year, this year, should have been shipped out with Ghost, with Ghost, and Phil Myers and Robert Haig. Ron Hextall missed so bad on his defense draft picks while he was in this town. There's been really none that have worked for him, with the exception of Provorov. With the exception of Provorov, 
That has been the only defense thus far. Now, there's a couple still out there that are maturing. But with the, with the exception of Provorov, they, he is the only defensive player that Ron Hextall had his hands on that has worked. And Travis Sanheim is a remnant and a constant reminder of what this team was last year. Slow, out of position, chasing the play. And he's playing like that this year. And to make matters worse, he's doing with Ristolainen, who going into the season we already knew was not that good of a defensive player. But they're pairing them up together, and it's creating some adventures out there on the defensive ice. Travis Sanheim needs to go. He needs to go today. He needs to go tomorrow. He needs to be gone. All right? Now let's talk about let's talk about Oscar Limbaugh, who of course, you know, when you talk about Oscar, there's always that you know, that little thing there about the cancer. And, and it's 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 very, very admirable what he did. He 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 was having a great start to the season that year. He got sick, fought his way back, back in the lineup, back in the lineup last year. Now he's back in the lineup again this year. But listen. He's just not producing anything offensively. He's he's just a non-factor out there. He's like Nolan Patrick 2.0 right now. And I know there's going to be people that support. And I this is not a knock on Oscar the man. This is not a knock on what he's endured. This is a knock on what he is as a player right now. And he's just not cutting it. He doesn't need to be in the lineup. Maybe a trip to Lehigh would clear his head. Maybe a trip to Lehigh would give him an opportunity figure himself out the problem is there's nobody in lehigh right now that's ready to come up so there we kind of enter a messed up situation now let's move on to jvr the popular narrative about jvr a contract was one of the worst contracts ever handed out by a flyer uh gm jvr did not deserve a five-year deal at that type of money Everybody was all flutter with Ron Francis potentially selecting JBR, you know, in the in the expansion draft last summer to add him to the crack and to get him away from us, to, you know, relieve us of him, relieve us of his salary, of his money. But of course, nobody was looking in reality here. Ron Francis wasn't going to take this guy. Why would he? He's an overpaid, over the hill player who never fully developed into his potential. JVR has been productive, but he's a liability because he's slow. He's a liability because he's just a liability. He's just not a good player. He just never really was. So the Flyers are dealing with some of that right now. But the po- on the positive, on the positive, the negatives of this team, the positives outweigh them negatives right now and the flyers are, are are a different team last year this would bring the team completely crashing down to earth this year they're working their, their their way through it because there's there's more other type of players that are offsetting the play of these weaker players but something must be done with the players that i mentioned we cannot go forward with these individuals currently the way they are playing but so far as i mentioned the Early returns on the Flyers are very, very, very positive. And that leads me now to the bad. No, it doesn't. Still, the gag order is in place. 
So I'm going to turn my attentions now to week nine of the National Football League. Yes, I know there was a game last night. I realize that. But I am still going to select the game because I made my picks as I usually do earlier in the week. So last night's game between the Jets and the Colts was already pre-picked late earlier in the week. You just have to believe and trust my integrity to tell you that. So let's start off with that game. Jets against the Colts. I went with the Jets in this game. Obviously, I was wrong. Obviously, the Jets, Lions are, are at that kind of level in the NFL. Carson Wentz had himself a big game. They came out to a big lead and, and, and whatnot. But the most important thing in this game, Carson Wentz, 100% of his snaps, keeps that number at 99%, streaming our way to that first-round draft pick. Now let's go to Cleveland and Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati. Denver and Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas. Houston at Miami, going to go with Houston. Atlanta at New Orleans, going to go with the Nor- with, with the Saints. Las Vegas at the Giants, going to go with Las Vegas. New England at Carolina, got to go with Carolina. Buffalo at Jacksonville, are you serious? Let's go with Buffalo. Minnesota at Baltimore, got to go with the Ravens. But that's kind of a toss-up game. I really wasn't sure about that. Green Bay versus Kansas City. I'm going to go with Green Bay, even though they're dealing with some nonsense right now, nonsense surrounding Aaron Rodgers that I'm going to get into with Kyle on our next show. I'm, I'm going to go with Green Bay, though. I think they're a better team. I told you, Kansas City, beginning to decline. Arizona versus San Francisco, another really good game, but I'm going to go with Arizona. Tennessee versus the Raiders. The Derrick Henry list, Tennessee Titans. That changes everything for them guys. I'm going to go with the Rams. And uh, Chicago, Chicago at Pittsburgh, give me the Steelers. Which leaves me, of course, with the Chargers at the Birds, a game in which I will hold off on making my prediction until Saturday when I talk to Kyle Quinn and we hash out that. We hash out the Aaron Rodgers situation. We hash out what he just with that PSA that I get, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. But you know what? I love Kyle Quinn. I love him. He's a great dude. He's just unaware, ladies and gentlemen. But it's our job. It is our responsibility to mentor the younger generation. Bring them up to speed. All right? <laughs> Listen, that's going to do it for me. I will see you guys in a couple of days. You guys take care. <laughs>